Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Connex Podcast. I'm Randy Frisch, Anna right here with me, and we're going to give you a little sneak peek into what you're going to hear on this week's episode. We had Amy Rusha join us. She's the digital experience manager at Isogenics. You know that Isogenics stuff where you want to get more healthy, you want to lose weight, you go to their site. And what's amazing to me, Anna, is the scale at which this company is operating and how content plays a role globally. Uh, and and I, I learned a lot on this one myself. Oh my God, it's insane how not even the volume of content, but the distribution model of the just the level of globalization. It is unbelievable. And the and Amy actually calls herself like head cat herder. And you know, it's a joke, but it's true. I mean, you'll hear exactly what she has to wrangle on a daily basis with content and globalization and even the distributed marketing model that they have. And it is nuts. It's amazing, but nuts. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the time on this podcast, I feel like we speak to people who will, who will talk about focus, right? They'll say, well, we're going to focus on this segment of the audience. We're going to go after them. But Isogenics has grown to a scale where it, not to say they're not focused because Amy very much is is that, but it's just such a broad reach that their product applies to. Um, and we started off by talking about regions, but then we got into the idea of people who buy their product already versus I think the term was unawares of, of people who don't. And and there were all these concepts of, of me sitting there realizing like, how does she sleep? I, I have no clue, honestly. Um, it, it's amazing. And the amount uh, even the level of advice and the amount of detail that she goes into is just going to be so helpful for everybody listening today. Even if you're not doing content on a massive global scale like Isogenics is, even if you have one other region you're working with, it's just going to be so in- incredibly beneficial, the advice that she gives. Absolutely. And, and Amy is the type of marketer that, that kind of seems to be a Swiss army knife. You know, she's got that background of, of understanding not just the creative content side, but also the backend tools that are being used. And she talks a little bit about that in terms of how they're you know, bringing Salesforce Marketing Cloud into their organization. So a lot for every type of marketer on this podcast. Anna, you brought her in. So let's roll with you. Here we go on this week's podcast. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited that we finally get to have you on this podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on here too. I know. So we have known each other forever, it seems. I mean, we worked together back in, I think it was all the way back in like 2010. We've been friends since then. We're actually going to go see a movie later tonight. I know you really well, but for everybody else out there, would you mind just giving everybody sort of a quick recap of About Amy? Sure, no problem. So, I yeah, I have been I've been around in the industry for I want to say it's like 18 years. I know I'm aging myself now, but in the Phoenix market, um, working in advertising and 
mostly digital, but lots of marketing and advertising agency side, client side. And most recently, um, in the last year and a half, I've moved to Isogenics. So they're headquartered in Gilbert, Arizona, uh, one of the suburbs here in Phoenix. Um, They're a direct selling company for health and wellness. So we are literally changing people's lives with our products. Um, And I'm the digital experience manager here. So I manage um, our Salesforce platform with Marketing Cloud. So we've been integrating that into all of our marketing and also our content strategy and content marketing. So I work on the digital team and our company, we've got about 100 people in the marketing division. So pretty robust group. Um, But yeah, over time, that's just been my area and that's where I'm at currently. So I love how casually you're just like, oh, yeah, we're based in in Gilbert. But like you have a massive team and Isogenics is a massive global company. I just think it's it's so impressive how much you manage and that your your title is is digital experience manager, which encompasses so much for a global brand. Yeah, we're, we're actually in 18 countries. So North America is our largest, but we are global and continuing to go into more countries. So we've got a big flag pull out front at headquarters here with lots of flags. So yeah, we're pretty wide reaching um, and we've been around for 16 years. So it's definitely a a long-term legacy company and done really well, Um, multi-billion dollar company. And, you know, we just continue to bring more people in and help them with their weight loss and performance. All of our products, we, we just launched a whole line of essence oils Um, at our big annual event last week in Nashville, Tennessee, celebration. So we're expanding our product offering. Um, Lots of great things, though, and just helping people with all the things they need for a healthy lifestyle. So lots of good stuff. Like I said, it's it's a healthy lifestyle. So it's not just about weight loss, even though primarily most of our customers come to us for that. But we want an ongoing lifestyle of of healthy weight. So most people come for us for that, and then they stick around for the other products as well, too, because we've expanded our offerings. Um, But we did a ton of persona development recently. Like, we've known what our current customer is for a long time, but we've had the opportunity really soon here um, at the end of August where we're actually going to start advertising to what we consider unawares. So we've, we've primarily for the last 16 years just talked to our existing customers, um, but we're actually going to be doing a pretty sizable advertising campaign here shortly to advertise to more prospects on the site and bring more in that way. So we did a whole persona development um, around who those unawares would be. They're not surprisingly much different than our existing customers. We just broke them out by the different categories that we're going after with our different products um, just to be able to really speak to them. And you know, because we haven't had to do a ton of actual advertorial type content, because most people that have come to us just already know us, um, good word of mouth, this is really new for us. So our writing team and editors and um, creative team, you know, has really had to shift how we're going to be making that that um, difference there so that we can start expanding our advertising and the way we talk to people. So the personas really helped with that. So we have no lack of content, as you can imagine. <laughs> so we have a lot of things to share and, and a lot of different platforms. And because we're global with all of our um partner team members in all the different countries. So um, we have a pretty rigorous process. And just because we are working in more food area, so our legal team and compliance is very involved. Um, So when we create a piece, so if we create an article on our popular blog called icefyi.com, for example, 
Um, it goes through an entire process to get it actually out the door. So where something seems like it's just written and posted, we have to go through a full full process to make sure that we aren't claiming anything that we shouldn't, um, no guarantees, you know, things like that. So legal is very heavily involved in that and to help us just with the do's and don'ts. So articles written by a writer, we go to our business owner who had requested it originally that we'd work with on what the strategy behind it was. Um, they give feedback. It goes off to our editing team to make updates and all of our isogenics editing pieces because we have a lot of our own jargon and things and how we, we talk about certain things and AP style and all of the likes. And then it goes to legal um, finally to review as well. And if it's a global piece, then we have to send it out to translation as well, too, before we can post it on the various different versions of ISFYI because a lot of things do end up on all of all of 18 areas. Um, so it's a pretty lengthy process just to get something out the door. It's not to say we don't get asked to do something quicker and we turn around faster, but we try to give everybody enough time. And then that helps to just keep our brand tone and voice on target because all of our creative team, writing team is all on board with what that is. We just recently went through a rebrand that we launched at Celebration, our big event last week in Nashville. So the, the uh, company's taken a shift just of what we're doing. Um, and everybody's been on board and we've been working on that for about 18 months to roll that out. So it's a pretty lengthy process, but everybody follows suit with it just because it's the way that we do business and to be able to get the, the right and quality information out there to our customers. That is absolutely insane how much 18 months for, I mean, I, I feel like, sorry, my mind is blown because when we talk a lot of times about content, people kind of expect it like tomorrow, right? Like, hey, we need a rebrand. How about tomorrow? And, but, you know, to your point, doing it right and actually doing it well, that was an 18 month process. And I just don't think people really sometimes understand just how intense that process can be. And so what were some of those components of the the entire 18 months? Yeah, it was, it was a pretty big undertaking, um, as you can imagine, and just with all of the assets and everything that we needed to update for, you know, 16 years worth of updates. So everything was project managed from the top to bottom as far as all of the updates, because we were not only launching a new logo and a new brand tone and voice, but um, new color scheme, everything that we have. Um, so everybody was all hands on deck all the way leading up to celebration um, that we had last week. And all teams, we use some outside resources as well, too, just because, as you can imagine, there was a lot of updates to be made across all of our um, digital and printing and everything that we do and to be ready to, to be at our event last week just to blow that out. And everything at the event from signage and all of it all was the new brand. So it, it was pretty massive. It was it was good. And everybody was really excited when we were all on stage and getting it all done. So um but it was great. So, and everybody, all hundred plus of the company with marketing and everybody else involved knew that this was a big initiative and everybody just got on board with it. So it's all hands on deck. That's awesome. I'm that, and what an exciting way to also reveal it too. Like this massive annual event where people just, you know, are there and it's just so great to get everybody in the room when even I'm sure people were streaming it, you know, perhaps, um, and just reveal it all at once. 
Um, so Amy, I want to talk definitely more about this, especially getting into some of the governance issues that you encounter on a daily basis. You kind of already touched on those. In addition to how you do some regionalization with, you know, you mentioned obviously global content. So real quick, though, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Amy about how she manages this entire sort of beast of content and gets it done on time every single day. Hey, friends, it's Jay Bear. Imagine experiencing all the awesome that is Connex, but live. Everything you love about this podcast, but for two days in three dimensions in a beautiful theater in Toronto this year. August, you're going to hear from the best speakers about content marketing at Connex, a truly intimate networking experience with 750 marketers. I'm the co-producer of this event organized by my friends at Uberflip, and we're going to bring together brilliant strategists and brand marketers from all over the industry in Toronto. It's August 20th through the 22nd. Every single session is a keynote. The speakers have been handpicked by me. They include Andrew Davis, Scott Stratton, Tamson Webster, Amy Landino, and leaders from DocuSign, 3M, Blue Wolf, Pardot, and more. Or get your ticket today at connex.uberflip.com. That's connex.uberflip.com. Use the promo code podcast to save $50 off your ticket. I will see you in Toronto. Everybody, welcome back. We are here with Amy Rusha. Now, Amy, before the break, we started to talk about just how complex this content system is that you work with because of so many factors. Um, you know, the fact that you are, uh, your model is network marketing. And so you have people in the field who are distributing this content. You also have globalization. You have a massive brand re, you know, repositioning. How do you on a day-to-day basis go to work and not freak out because I'm sweating. I'm sweating thinking about having to manage this entire system because it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Um, so we have a couple of different things that we do. So we manage all of our programs and projects through SharePoint. So as a company, we're on Microsoft SharePoint. So we create any given initiative that comes out. So like the oils initiative, I mentioned we were launching oils at the event last week. We did a full communication plan um, that wraps around all of the different tactics and strategies around how we're going to launch this new product line. So we have that to march towards with tasks and information for all the different people that are involved, which was a lot because it was a brand new, entire new line of products that we were launching. So we have a communication plan with with that so that everybody gets their work done and on time and on deadline. Um, We also use a um, digital asset management tool, as I always like to say, the damn system. Um, So we have that as well for um, imagery and we're continuing to expand that. So it's a, it's a tool called extensus. So um, we have an administrator that actually manages that. So like at the event last week, any pictures that come in or things, we put those in and, and tag them so that all of our markets and internally, everybody has access to that to use for content. And those are all approved images from our photographers So we use that as well um, to pull things. We also have an internal system, too, for videos. And because we have an in-house video team, um, an in-house studio in our first floor where our team creates lots of great videos. That's a big piece of our content deliverables. So it's just kind of wrangling the cats on a regular basis, Um, head cat wrangler on all of that. And then, and then when we, and I have a shirt to prove it, and then when we involve any of our global markets, when something's going to grill out. So like in the case of oils, that's North America initially, and then we'll look to see where it rolls out in other markets. But we do have, in a lot of cases, where products end up being a global situation. So 
we have to create content for everybody. And in that case, it's not just straight translations because we're not just hitting Google Translator. We are working with people in market and translators that really know the culture and in all cases, transcreate, as we like to call it, versus just regurgitating words that don't necessarily mean anything to them culturally. So we work really extensively on that. And we have international focus team that does nothing but that and works with people on the ground in all those countries. So for the brand, since that was rolling out across everybody, um, that's what we did with all of our pieces, just to make sure that we were covering off on everything for all of the markets. So it's it's a beast by by far, taming the beast, as you said. So, um, but everybody just we we follow along, and because we have some really great systems to keep output going um, and keep track of everything um, with all of our different divisions, it helps us just get to the end and all of our deadlines. So I, I, I find this whole need to go regional very interesting. And and, when, and it was, to be honest, I was overwhelmed, as Anna kind of put it. Uh, when I clicked on the the language selector, I kind of did the the left rows times the you know, the columns. And I was like, I think that's 24 uh, that you have to deal with just from a language perspective. And I was yeah, blown away. But, you know, I always remember, and I, I won't say the brand because there was another company that, that told me this once. It was their content team, and they got pushback from from someone in in essentially like a Mia area where they said like we keep getting all these images for our, for our blog posts and assets and things like that, and it's all like white people, and they like they don't understand that people aren't white here, and that like they're gonna look at this stuff and be like I we don't we're not going to go to market with this. So, uh, uh, you know, you talked about having the dam and you talked about things that you can do to it, but more so, how do you, how do you communicate globally to get feedback for how to, to truly connect with these global audiences? Yeah, no, it's a really good question because we do, we, we really pride ourselves on not just having a certain ethnic group. That's only for the States. Like we are expanding and having people, in photography that is actually for that market. So we do have photographers that go into market and and work with the different groups within each of the countries. So we are across all ethnic backgrounds because you're right. We can't just have have that scenario (laughs) that you outlined um, because we are global. So um, we typically will work with them in each of the markets. And when I say work with them, I mean all of our associates and the people in our field that are within each of the countries, because they're our best scenario as far as what people are wanting in that market. And that's what their their job is, is to really help us and give us feedback on, on what's needed and what the cultural differences are and the things that we need to need to make sure that we're adhering to so that we give them the best possible experience. Because like I said, we just don't want to regurgitate English to them because we're in, in Merca. Like we need to have have things that are are relevant to them. And so that's why we've created an entire international division to help with that. And literally people on the ground and legal on the ground and everybody so that we are doing everything possible to make it a great experience for them. So because, I mean, there's a lot of people in our industry that just try to kind of force feed the message um, within the countries that just is headquartered here in the States, but they're not truly global. Like, we are global. We just happen to have an address in the States. So I, I'm curious, just beyond beyond everything you're doing there to to properly communicate, which is which is very impressive and investing locally. I, 
one of the things I, I imagine, and I didn't clear this with you for the podcast, so I'm going to put you on the spot, but you know, I imagine looking at, at your background, I mean, you, you worked even at a marketing automation company at one point in, in your career. At, uh, you know, so I imagine you're very, very aware and, and embrace the opportunity to capture engagement data. And I'm wondering if you see different trends in terms of like, how people engage in content or when they do across different regions. We do, we do. And that was what the big initiative this year to launch Salesforce and Marketing Cloud and Service Cloud. So it's a huge shift. Like we have what we're calling the digital transformation across our company. And we have a new e-commerce system that's in the works as well. So the company has um, put a big emphasis on just enhancing our digital platform so that we can really reach everybody and segment correctly and give them the right information at the right time based on where they're at. So, but just to give you background on, on all of the analytics and everything within the different markets, it is very different. Like a text message here may not be well received as a text message in other countries. So we do have to really look at that as far as our content strategy to figure out what, what people are really going to respond to. And we have, a awesome research department here too as part of our marketing division who does constant paneling and we have ISA insights as we call it. We put ISA in front of most everything here at the company. It's some of our jargon and they, uh, they have a panel that they reach out to and it's global. So we have people from all over to help us understand how they want to be communicated to. Cause I mean, we'll share things across all sorts of mediums, but that doesn't mean it's the right medium for them. So that's part of our strategy is we just don't want the spray and pray method. Like we want to get people at the right time and with the right medium. And it all comes down to what people like in other countries. And, you know, in some cases, just with digital, I mean, bandwidth issue is a problem and what they have in some of the countries we're in. So we have to we have to consider that as we're doing more and more digital is just to make sure. And so we still do a lot of print pieces and PDFs and things too, just because that's the way that they're able to get to their folks in these different markets. Cause not always digital isn't always the best case for them. So again, our research team has just been phenomenal to help with that just so that we can continue to give them the right information and get really good response that way. Like we've got just massive amounts of fanboys for the product and for our company because we're serving them up with great information and what they really want. So one of my absolute favorite parts about this entire conversation, Amy, has been the fact that you have literally shown the absolute importance of strategy and governance, which I think is so overlooked and underappreciated with content. It really is without this massive system in place and lockdown and everybody on board, you could not be as effective in any capacity. And I think for those who are really struggling with strategy and governance, where would you, what are some of your like top three takeaways or some of your top three tips for people who maybe need to beef that area up a little bit and maybe focused a little bit too much on that execution piece? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question because it is an ongoing process. And like, it's, I mean, it's never done as far as, especially when we launch into new countries and helping them get, get off the ground and be successful. So Um, It's a constant roadshow approach just to get people on board with how we do things, what our process is, what tools are available, you know, what things are going to be available in their markets, because we're not 100% across all the all the different countries. Like there are very specific things that can happen in, in different countries. And we don't have all the product suite that we have in North America across all the countries. Like it's a slow, slow progression of what is rolled out. So 
we just, I mean, from the start, because we have this international division, they just really helped to facilitate um, getting everything mapped out. And we have specific international designers and international writers and international legal teams. So with all of that, like, it's just, it's to start there because you have to start somewhere and that's the best place to begin because you need to just get them on board with what the process is and what our governance policies are so that they're off and running and, and on the right foot. And, you know, it's, it's tough with across, um, you know, across lines as far as the different time zones and getting everybody on the same page just simply because we're in the United States. Um, but that would be the one thing. It's just it's it's a constant education. So because they only know what they know and coming in the, to the division and wondering what all is available because we have a lot of things available at their disposal and just helping them understand um, what will work for them. So that's that has been our ongoing challenge is just to help help facilitate that with our other countries and try to find learnings from what we have on the North America side because that has always been our, our biggest market and then help to roll that out across the different uh, countries as well. So, Amy, this is, this is really fascinating. And I mean, it, 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 you use the word challenge and I, I imagine this is a great work experience for you at this point in your career to, to see this scale. I, I can only imagine the number of people listening to this podcast who would love a few hours in a room with you just to, to understand some of the things that you've had to tackle. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing with us. We, we always like to keep our guests around for a bit. And I, I know you said you've got some time, so we're going to keep you around, take a short break and we'll get to know Amy and, and we're going to, we've talked to international. So that's going to be the topic. So cliffhanger stick around for, for an international talk. All right, we're back here on Connex. We've been chatting with Amy and we were talking all about going global. So I figured with the three of us here in the next couple of moments, why don't we share our best global place international that we've traveled to and where that was. And when you got there, what was your your go-to drink? Because I I do know that you like craft, craft beer, Amy. So I'm kind of like, using that i'm using that in advance but i'm trying to mesh different ideas here and 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 also buying you time to, to, to remember the drink so uh who wants to go for it anna you can go for you guys are friends so you know how to you know jump in for each other yeah i'll go i'll go so you know ironically with all this international and like exposure i've had i haven't been a lot of places outside of the united states sadly so i travel a lot here in the states but i have been to mexico many many times um always had a soft spot for mexico um since i grew up going to san felipe with my parents because i grew up in california so that was the baja the baja trips for spring break and christmas break were always big but my husband and i took a trip um it's been quite a few years ago now when I worked for the Scottsdale Convention and Visitors Bureau back in my tourism days before Anna met me at the agency. And we got hit with a hurricane and we were supposed to be going to Cancun for a trip with Travelocity. So I used to buy uh, digital media for um, Scottsdale CVB and Travelocity invited me for their partner conference. And there was a ginormous hurricane that hit Cancun in October. So coming up um, here shortly. And so there was no way I wasn't going to have a vacation because I needed a vacation and we were going to tack on days to the partner conference. 
and go. So I literally called up the um, travel agency and it was through America West at the time. And it's like, I'm part of this hurricane. So what can you do for me? Because we're going someplace. And she's like, how do you feel about Acapulco? And I was like, sounds like a plan. And we were on a plane the next day to Acapulco. And I'm a planner. You can ask Anna, but I'm the cruise director of all of our friends. So it killed me that I had less than 12 hours to try to figure out what we were going to do in Acapulco and not have some sort of plan. But it was the best trip ever. Um, and so much fun. Like it just, it was awesome. And we stayed at the Hyatt there and every day after we do whatever excursion, you know, zip lining, deep sea fishing, whatever we were doing, we'd hit the um, pool bar. And I can recall having some awesome localized fruit margaritas that were great. So not a lot of craft beer down in those parts, but, um, lots of umbrella drinks and, yeah, so lots of good margaritas because, I mean, when in, when in Mexico, you got to have the tequila. So uh, it was such a great trip. It was a great trip. And that hurricane wasn't going to keep me down from a vacation. So, <laughs> And to this day, I still haven't been to Cancun. But someday I'll hit Cancun. But Acapulco was pretty amazing. Okay, so I haven't been there recently, but um, my favorite international destination in the world, aside from Connex in Toronto, um, is um, actually London. I did my study abroad there and loved it. Um, and I know that I know that England kind of gets uh, bagged on for warm beer. That wasn't my experience. I don't think the beer is warm there. They drink some that are room temperature. Anywho, my favorite thing about the beer there is that on the pint glasses, they actually have the little crown on it, and you have to fill the beer to that crown. Otherwise it is not considered a full pint. And I get so mad when I go here and they don't fill it to the top. I'm like, that is illegal in England and they would be so mad at you. Okay. So I was very recent. I'm going to go recent. Uh, I was in Croatia and it was amazing. Uh, you know, some, I may have spoken about already on the podcast. We happened to be there during the, um, during the, the world cup. So we were there for the finals complete coincidence and it was more the experience than the actual drink itself but uh but basically our cab driver who was driving us there he's like i'm not going to drive you to watch the game without treating you to our local beer and he you know went to like four different grocery stores to find beer every grocery store was closed to watch the world cup but he finally found it brought them to the car it was called like carlo vaco or something like that and it, it was good, but it was the experience. He made us like drink in the car as we were going. It was he was drinking too, which normally I'm very against. But it was it, this was a very special moment in their history. Uh, it was it was a wild experience. So I'll, I'll go with that one. Well, again, we've learned so much, including all of our favorite places to go in the world. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people more so have understood the type of scale that that marketers are sometimes challenged with and some of the ways that they can strategically plan and execute on that. And, and we all thank you for that, Amy. Uh, it's been really great. I, I hope everyone will check out some of the experiences that you're powering on the Isogenic site. If they want some product as well, I'm sure you'll, you'll make that happen. And uh, until next time, I thank everyone for tuning in and joining Anna and myself uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure to check out all of our other podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And whenever you can, leave us feedback and what we can make it better. Until next time, this has been the Connex Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. 
This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.